slash. You want to know if this is your quarterback of the future? Well, it's set up for right now. Nussmeyer going up top again. Looking for Hilton. And he makes the catch. Nussmeyer's pass. And because when you draw up that defense, that is not supposed to happen. That corner was playing deep outside one-third. Yes. So I know this wasn't the big, high-consequence game of the day, and I know your Heisman Trophy award winner was not even playing in the Reliant Quest Bowl between Wisconsin and LSU, but they came back from break right before that play, and they said, if you haven't been watching, where have you been? Because this was the game of the season. I, of course, they hadn't yet had the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> So fair enough to say. I mean, the uh, the Clemson the Kentucky game that was really good. Um, the uh, Iowa Tennessee game that was not good. Tennessee destroyed Iowa forty five to zero. Oregon destroyed Liberty forty five to six. So some of those games were not that good. Um, but the Wisconsin LSU game was actually really, really, really entertaining. And with that bomb uh, from their backup quarterback Nussmeyer, they came back from being down thirty one to twenty eight to be in position to score and to go ahead to take the lead for the Two first time. On the play clock. Nussmeyer looking for Thomas. He's got him. Touchdown, LSU. Excuse me, not for the first time, but this had been a tremendous back and forth game. I mean, it was, it was oddly, it was the game that I was like, where did this game come from? And, you know, I always talk myself uh, into watching most of the games and then, you know, I kind of pay attention to see if it's going to be interesting. And it's hard to tell um, if it is or not. And sometimes I watch it on fast forward. But this is one of those games where I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Washington scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. So 14 nothing. LSU comes roaring back in the second quarter with 14. Uh, you get an interception in the middle of the second quarter and you get another seven for Wisconsin. They're up seven at the half, 21 to 14. In the third quarter, Wisconsin scores immediately and LSU comes right back. So it's one of these slugfests, 28-28. Wisconsin settles for a field goal, goes up 31 to 28, and then you heard there LSU comes back and goes up the 35 to 31, and it's a, it's just tight. The whole game is very tight. Right at the end of the game, uh, Wisconsin's got the ball. They've got a chance. It's fourth and 25 around um, midfield, something like that, and so the final chance of the game for something crazy to happen. All of the LSU players are back around the 17. That's where the first yard marker would be. Look at how LSU is playing it. They are guarding the 17-yard line. Like it's the goal line. Five guys there. Fourth and 25. Mordecai under pressure. He's going to get rid of it. Fumble the football. That's it. They took over on downs. They run the clock out, and they win. And what was interesting about this, again, even though LSU – you would think it wasn't a marquee game because LSU was without, you know, Jaden Daniels. Uh, but it was still a great game. And because LSU managed to win without their quarterback, it's an extra insult in the face to uh, Wisconsin. But still, that was a great game. Now, that wasn't the game anybody cared about, <laughs> except for if you're from LSU, right? And that's why I wanted to give you a little bit of love here this morning. Oh, my God. Jake, did you watch the college football playoff games? No, I, I, oh. I didn't really see any of it, really. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If you were looking for good football, and I was, because the weekend football was very disappointing. If you were mm. looking for good mm-hmm. football, it wasn't the Fiesta Bowl. It wasn't Bo Nix. Dem- you remember a couple years ago, um, Central Florida went undefeated. And did, they did not make. They were undefeated, and they did not make the uh, college football playoff. And so, you know, they won their bowl game. And uh, gosh, was it DeSantis? I think it was DeSantis who declared them national champions in Florida, you know, because they went undefeated, right? right UCF. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody kind of makes it, well, you know, maybe they could have done something. Well, here you have Liberty. Liberty had been undefeated until they met Oregon. <laughs> 
Power Five Conference means something. 45 to 6. Forty-five to six. Liberty scored first. Don't don't get me wrong. They're not a scrub team, but they're not a Power Five team either. And um, you know they just got, that got out of hand. All right. So uh, the oh my god, the Rose Bowl. I I just wish I could just let you watch it. <laughs> so first play of the game, Michigan's got the ball. Lake Corum, the thousand yard rusher to the left of McCarthy on this first play. JJ on the move. Scanning and fires into traffic on the sideline and it's intercepted. Caleb Downs, the true freshman safety, takes advantage of a terrible mistake by McCarthy on the opening play and the title will be set up in scoring position. Alabama picks off J.J. McCarthy on the very first play of the game, an ill-advised throw, but wait, the heel. After review, the defender was out of bounds when he possessed the ball. It's an incomplete pass. He touched his heel on the out of bounds line before he jumped up to grab the ball, and so he was not he had not reestablished in bounds, so it was called back. So Michigan got second life. So Michigan does nothing with it. Okay, um, they go throughout in the first series. Then Michigan gets a huge sack on Jalen Miller on the first play. He completes a short pass, and they get a second sack on him on third down. Like so, the first series by Alabama, Michigan gets two sacks. So Alabama has to punt. They're punting to, you know, Michigan very, very early on in the game, right? It's been a devastating pass rush by committee for Michigan all season. You see it on display. Burnham's punt is muffed. Trying to come up and make a high-risk catch there was Morgan, the freshman. The Tides say they have it. Strange things happen in these pressure playoff games, and that's going to be Alabama football. So Alabama gets the ball back. Then they make a very, very dubious first down. Like, it, I, they did not really make the first down. But they wind up getting a rushing touchdown out of that 7-0. to zero. Michigan answers drive, scores. Blake Corum uh, gets in there. So, you know, and he's he's a, um, a great, 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 great running back. Uh, but it's a dump pass, and he gets into the end zone. So it's 7-7. And early on, you just got crazy stuff happening. Uh, Michigan doesn't get called for running into the kicker. Agreed, Alabama. You have a gripe there, a small one. Um, Alabama did four three and outs on their first five series, and Michigan got five sacks in the first half. Five sacks on Jalen Milrow in the first half. Um, unbelievable. So, you know, at a certain point, you know, it's just starting to be crazy. Three minutes left in the half. Pass time. Delivers across the middle. This is and Michigan. The is made by Tyler Morris, who tight ropes down the sidelines. Yeah, you ever play a video game in the old days when the vi- the whole video game, like the system was overwhelmed and just everything went really slow? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always yeah. remember it used to happen on Robotron, on, on the home game <laughs> of Robotron. Um, but, on, you know, a lot of games, just kind of everything is super slow, except for the guy who caught the pass and is running for the touchdown from Michigan. <laughs> he's behind everybody, and then all of a sudden he's right around and passes him on the right like it's NASCAR or something. Uh, so they go up, they um, muff the, um, the point after, so they go up 13-7. to seven. And uh, right before the half, you got Will Riker, the most prolific scorer in the history of the NCAA. I believe that's true. Certainly for Alabama, uh, he gets him a t- he gets him a field goal, so it's thirteen to ten. It's kind of a low scoring affair in the beginning, and even throughout the game, not a very high score, but still like a great game. 
Um, Milrow in the in the third quarter, he gets a couple of bad snaps, can't handle either one of them. It's not really his fault, but it's kind of his fault. And they go back and forth on position. Nothing really much happens in the third quarter except it sets up the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, Alabama with the ball, da- uh, they're down by three. This is 13 to 10 at this point. That opened up, and he accelerates through the hole. First and goal playing the tempo. McClellan walks in. Alabama on top. There you go, three-yard touchdown run, and they get up by seven. Uh, just a couple of minutes later, this is 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Here in the second half. That one, just a couple of quarterback pressures. Milrow keeps it, breaks the tackle of Sam Brasil on the edge, loses the ball, rolling around, and it looks like the Wolverines have it. Recovered by Josh Wallace. They were driving, and it looked like they were going to put the nail in the coffin and go up by you know two scores, and then Milrow fumbles it. Michigan recovers. Nothing much happens out of it, but it stopped the drive, right? Okay, so Alabama does get another field goal. So it's 20 to 13. This is four minutes to go in the game. Four minutes to go in the game, it's 20 to 13, right? It's just, you know, with the, with the field goal from Will Reichard. A minute and a half to go in the game. Michigan. Loveland motions over. Keeper, and they pitch it to him. Touchdown as Wilson walks in. Roman Wilson, a huge impact on that drive as the Wolverines take it 75 yards to get within a point. Uh, just ah! <laughs> point after tie game 2020. Alabama uses 30 seconds in punts. Michigan muffs a punt back to the one yard line, and eventually they have to settle for going to overtime. It's just like, ah, what's happening? So the game is 2020. They go to overtime. Overtime is always a little bit exciting. Uh, Michigan's got the ball first. Big yards. Three Michigan tight ends in the ball game. They handed to Corum again. and makes a cut. First down. Spinston scores. Blake Corum puts Michigan on top in overtime. 17-yard run from Blake Corum again. That guy is unbelievable. And he's not big. He's just amazing as a running back. So it's 27-20 at this point. And, of course, Alabama has to score a touchdown in order to keep alive in their possession uh, Milroy gets a big run down to the nine. You know, he's a, a dual threat uh, quarterback. Uh, then they get stopped, and then he get, there's a tackle in the backfield, um, and they wind up uh, getting it on fourth down, okay? They get down to the four on fourth and goal, and Jalen Milrow is the quarterback setting up the offense for Alabama to tie the game in overtime, second overtime. Here we go. No more timeouts to take here. Game on the line. It's Williams in motion, low snap, Milrow stopped, Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. I hadn't known how much I was rooting against Alabama until that moment. <laughs> Partially because I'm an Auburn fan and it's, you know, Alabama. Partially because of the whole FSU thing. And yeah, I'm going to let them play it out. Uh, <laughs> jumped up on the couch yes Michigan wins and my wife's like oh were you rooting for them I'm like mm. <laughs> oh man so that was but it was a great game I think Alabama fans you have to admit that even though you lost that was a great game and uh you know it one thing that's nice about it the undefeated team won you know so it kind of validates the rankings that at least Michigan was the number one team uh the Michigan Tech or they sorry the Washington Texas game equally fun uh Somewhat, very fun. Not not quite as fun as the Rose Bowl game. The uh, you know the the Sugar Bowl was fun. 
I mean, you had crazy passes back and forth, and you had it was neat to see all the starting quarterbacks, starting players, because these were the games that really mattered. And I told you to watch Michael Penix. He's fantastic. You know, he throws a 77-yard bomb uh, to Polk for a touchdown, or and then for a touchdown. Um, Texas answered that. They got a. They got up. Washington got up fourteen to seven. And there was another muff punt in this game, which Wash, which uh, Texas recovered, and then they scored. So that made it fourteen to fourteen. Uh, Washington went ahead on a pass to Jalen Polk, and Texas drove back twenty one twenty one. You follow? Like this is a fun game. Uh, Washington's Michael Penix to Jalen McMillan twenty nine yard passes goes up uh, twenty nine yard pass goes up twenty eight to twenty one in the third quarter. And Texas turns it over on the next play, and that was really the decisive moment in the game as they got up two scores, thirty one to thirty. Um, you know, Texas fumbled later on and eventually you had, uh, Washington goes ahead and wins, but they, it was scary, tight, exciting all the way to the very end. Remaining on the clock. We're barring a penalty. This is it. One second on the clock. Texas trailing all night long. One last chance to advance to the national championship game. Ewers loves it up and it is incomplete. Intended for. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. I'm dead on the floor. <laughs> Just wiped out from a, a day of like five football games and all of many of them very, very good. Some of them really not worth watching at all, but the main ones... Uh, like I said, the uh, the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl were just absolutely fantastic. So it sets you up for a, a final of Washington and Michigan, the two number one undefeated teams. So, um, But for the giant asterisk of FSU, the college football playoff absolutely did not disappoint yesterday. 524 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. What's fun and happening in Pensacola? You'll find out as the City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation Department talks about it here with Bridget Kay on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join us each month as we detail what's going on in your resource centers, parks, recreation programs, and the Community Maritime Park. It's a great month to get out and play Pensacola. Tune in this Friday morning at 9.30. The Pensacola Expert Panel with Bridget Kay, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Oh, this cold. Honey? Honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. (coughs) Now I'm getting a cold. Honey? Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honey-licious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Sometimes I struggle to get to sleep. My body stopped for the day, but my mind is still running. So I take ZQuil. ZQuil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, has a range of non-habit-forming products to fit you and your family's needs. Invest in a great night's sleep for the best you tomorrow. I'm awake and ready to take on anything. Better days start with ZQuil nights. Explore our products at ZQuil.com. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Local experts share their expertise on the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.
Good morning. 626 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? Well, rescue crews on the scene in Japan after a Japan Airlines plane engulfed in flames came to a fiery halt at an airport in Tokyo. Flight 516 apparently collided with a Japanese Coast Guard plane as it was attempting to land. Uh, to land. Then the then streaked across the runway on fire. The airline says uh, the good news: 380 passengers and crew members were all able to evacuate safely. However, five members of that Coast Guard crew uh, in Japan are still unaccounted for. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky promising an increase in Ukrainian-produced weapons this year uh, as the country's war with Russia continues. In a year-end speech, Zelensky said uh, that this year. The enemy will feel the wrath of domestic production and very high good cholesterol levels now being linked to an increased risk of dementia in older people. Some new research showing the elevated risk could be as high as 42 percent in seniors with high levels of HDL cholesterol. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 437 That's my phone number. Uh, the Gerald Ford is leaving. Remember we... Uh, we had this news that Israel was pulling some of its troops out, and there was a possibility, out of Gaza, of course, uh, there was a possibility that this might be an indication of some kind of a drawdown, that this might be an indication of a new phase in the military operations. And, you know, how do you read that? Does that is that significant? I tried not to interpret it as anything, but now that we have the announcement that the Gerald Ford is coming back home, the SS Gerald Ford, one of the two carriers that had been deployed to the region, that's the one that makes me think that maybe we're in a, we're about to change things significantly in that region, because you know if the United States is saying we can bring our carrier home, you know, that's kind of a statement about the ongoing problems there, or not as much of the ongoing problems. So, uh, Sixth Fleet European Base U.S. Naval Command uh, says that uh, Ford will sail home in the coming days. Uh, Ford was sent to the Eastern Med to be within striking distance of Israel, of course, beginning with the Hamas attacks on October 7th, and stayed there, accompanying warships that had gone into the Red Sea. They had repeatedly been involved in uh, taking on ballistic missiles and attack drones fired from Houthi-controlled Yemen, and, uh, you know, the fact that they're able to come back home and, you know, bring their attending ships with them is, in my mind, is good news, Right. I mean, it does make me kind of worry that things might flare up there with the announcement. But still, we'll uh, we'll we'll take that as good news. Uh, meanwhile, we've got the um, the Epstein list is is scheduled to come out. And uh, remember, there's all of these other people that have been redacted from public disclosure, about 150 people that had varying degrees of mention in all of the documents surrounding Jeffrey Epstein. And it's not to say that any of the 150 or all of the 150 are going to be implicated in any kind of illegal behavior or disgusting behavior, depending on what slice of this story you want to talk about. Um, But I'm pretty sure that there's nobody that's going to be on this list that's excited about their name getting disclosed. And some of them, by the way, are like witnesses, you know, and some of them are even, you know, victims. And some... Some of those are still going to be protected. Don't they're, they're not disclosing everybody, is my understanding, but you know, disclosing some. Uh, the one person that we have gotten information about, uh, ABC and Fox, apparently um, uh, both say that Bill Clinton is going to be on this list, former President Bill Clinton. Now, if you're former President Clinton, and what you want to say is, yeah, but it's nothing you think. 
He's mentioned more than 50 times in the filings, apparently, and did not respond. His people did not respond to a request for comment. Uh, so and declined to like in one case to ABC, they declined, and in in Fox's case, they didn't answer. So we'll see what that means. But again, I don't think there's likely many of these people that are excited to be on this list. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. A passenger plane and Japanese Coast Guard plane burst into flames after a runway collision in Tokyo. Everybody on the passenger plane is reported to have escaped before the fire. Five of the six people on the Coast Guard plane are dead. We're heading to western Japan with earthquake relief supplies. At least 48 people are killed in those quakes. The quakes, including a powerful 7.6 magnitude tremor, ignited fires and collapsed buildings on Japan's main island, Honshu. And it's feared more victims are buried in the rubble. Fox's Claudia Cowan. The Michigan Wolverines and Washington Huskies will play for college football's national championship. The top-ranked Wolverines went to overtime to beat number four Alabama 27-20 in the Rose Bowl. In the Sugar Bowl, number two Washington withstood a wild Texas comeback to win 37-31. Michael Penix Jr. threw for 430 yards and two touchdowns. Fox's Tim McNaster. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. A little bit chilly this morning. Clear skies and 35 degrees in Pensacola today. A motorcyclist was critically hurt after crashing while fleeing from deputies in Walton County last night. This happened on Highway 98 near J.D. Miller Road. Deputies say they were trying to stop a motorcycle that was driven by a 23-year-old man uh, for traffic violations. They say that biker then took off on 98 West. Deputies say they called off the chase. However, not long after, the biker crashed into the back of a pickup truck at high speed. The motorcyclist was taken to the hospital after that crash. FHP says charges are pending. The driver of the truck luckily was not hurt. Escambia County deputies say a 15-year-old girl is missing and considered to be endangered. They're looking for Samara Fantroy. She was last seen on Sunday morning at about 9 o'clock in the 4300 block of Fairfield Drive. The sheriff's office says they're not sure what she was wearing, but she may have been carrying a large green duffel bag. If you have any information, you're asked to contact the sheriff's office. Well, with the first contest now just a few weeks away, Governor Ron DeSantis appears to be trending in the wrong direction in the Republican primary. A USA Today Suffolk poll released yesterday showing the governor's lost 2% support since the previous poll in October. The latest poll shows DeSantis now in third place at 10%. Nikki Haley has passed DeSantis to move into second place. She still trails former President Trump by 50 points. A teenager now charged with attempted murder in Manatee County. The sheriff's office says a 16-year-old boy was arrested Sunday in the Sarasota area. He allegedly broke into a home that was under construction at the time. A security guard found the teen hiding in, the, in a closet in that home. The teen then allegedly pointed a gun at the guard and pulled the trigger, however, No shots were fired from the weapon. The teen ran away. Deputies were called. He was later found in a nearby field. Besides attempted murder, he also faces aggravated assault and uh, possession of a firearm by a minor. Charges. Well, New Year's Day was pretty memorable for a lot of area students. The Niceville High School Marching Band performing in the Rose Parade yesterday in California. This from the TV broadcast. Our next band from Niceville, Florida. 
small Gulf Coast city in the Florida's uh, panhandle, about 50 miles east of Pensacola. They flew a charter out of Eglin Air Force Base last week, the only airport in the area that could accommodate a plane large enough to take this outstanding band, a total of 240 members. And Niceville's band was one of only 20 from around the country invited to perform in the Rose Parade yesterday. It's the third time they've been invited. The band director uh, tells Channel 3 that it's always a special experience. It is 534 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to have a beautiful day today with sunny skies. Temperatures on the cooler side, high near 56 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 41 degrees. For Wednesday, rain chances will build in as the morning hours. 100% chance of rain with a high near 53. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 37 degrees. On Thursday, sunshine returns with a high near 54. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson with the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. Right now, 35 degrees it is clear in pensacola 38 in gulf breeze 35 in milton and our next news at six o'clock we've got breaking news anytime i'm david wayne news radio 92.3 are you hungry for news that keeps you informed is local and dependable look no further than news radio pensacola on 92.3 95.3 and on am 1620 we're your trusted source for all the latest happenings in the emerald coast from breaking news to in-depth reports we've got you covered our team of experienced journalists brings you the stories that matter most to our community stay connected with local events weather updates and traffic reports ensuring you're always one step ahead we're news radio pensacola informative local dependable Ho, ho, ho! The Christmas magic doesn't stop at Jim's Firearms. Hope you had a fantastic holiday season. At Jim's Firearms, they're bringing you a second Christmas. A chance to add a little extra firepower. Elevate your shooting experience and turn those gift cards into something that packs a punch. Upgrade your arsenal with cutting-edge firearms, precise optics, and top-of-the-line accessories. Make this second Christmas one to remember. Jim's Firearms is at the corner of Blue Angel Parkway and Sorrento Road. And online at jimsfirearms.net. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 92.3 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola. protection data obtained by CBS News show that agency is on track to process more than 300,000 migrants, an all-time monthly high. That includes record numbers of families and children. Meanwhile, cities, states, and federal law enforcement report being overwhelmed as the ripple effects spread from border communities to all across the country. Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation bringing in the, inter- the immigration topic. We just got word from Fox News top of the hour this morning. There was 302,000 processed 
That doesn't include anybody who came across and didn't encounter. That's just 302,000 processed in the month of December. That's um, amazing because even just, you know, um, just for perspective, I was listening to uh, some of the folks who filled in for me uh, the week, two weeks ago when I was gone. And in, I'm in, this is two weeks ago. And in the news, in the top of the hour news, somebody mentioned, one of the Fox people mentioned, you know, last month was a huge month, 200,000. Like 200,000 was a big month in November. And it was 50% greater than that in December. Just to kind of put in perspective, there are 330,000, I think, is the number for Escambia County's total population. That's six city of Pensacola's. Pensacola, 50,000 people, right? That's six city of Pensacola's in a month that came across the border. This this one might seem a little bit less like, this might not strike you quite the same, but um, that's one person for every thousand people in the U.S. There's 330 million in the U.S., right? Okay. There's basically a thousand Escambias in the U.S. Okay, so at the border in December, a tenth of a percent was encountered, coming across, processed. You you can't say it's broken. I mean, it's in utter anarchy. So she asked Margaret Brennan, asked her reporter uh, Camilo Montoya Galvez, what's causing it. Can you tell us what is really driving the sharp increase and who is making up the majority of migrants? I think, Margaret, the more precise answer I can give you is that the push and pull factors that historically have driven migration to the U.S. have intensified to a degree that I don't think we have ever seen in U.S. history. We have a relatively stable economy here with many job openings, and that is driving a lot of migration. We also have an immigration system that is massively backlogged and cannot determine quickly who qualifies for asylum and who does not. That also attracts migration. Those are the pull factors, but we have very powerful push factors as well deteriorating political and economic conditions in countries like Venezuela and countries in Africa and Asia are driving record numbers of people to the U.S. And, okay, for example, like what is California's just now added? Anybody over the age of 26 gets uh, CalMed now, regardless of status? It's You're missing some significant pull factors there, sir, uh, including the massive social safety net, high-quality education by comparison with where you come from, Right. The economy, he's right. Jobs, he's right. Stability, he's right. Those are all pull factors. And by the way, I, you know, I try to say this every time I talk about the immigration issue because I do not talk about it an awful lot. But I try to say this every time. Uh, I want as many immigrants as we can possibly take. I just want them handled according to our rules. I want them handled legally. I want to make sure that we have some kind of vetting, checking system in place to try to avoid importing criminals, terrorists, and the like. But I, I want workers. You know, just from a purely, like, no other consideration, and from a purely economic point of view, you want as many people who are going to produce more than they destroy as you possibly can. Kids are born destroying more than they create, and you work really hard to get them to break even. Right? Kids make dirty diapers, and they turn food into, right? I mean, kids are born destroyers, economically. They take wealth, and they destroy it. I mean, you know... They take clean water and make dirty water. They clean food and make nasty stuff, right? That's what kids do, okay? They take useful clothes and they rip them and they mess them up. That's 
kids are destroyers. That's in a in an economic sense, right? You blow up a building, that's a destruction. You build a building, that's a creation. Okay, kids are net destroyers. You your whole goal in, as a parent is to get kids to be net break eveners, to where they're at least creating as much value on a daily basis as they are destroying on a daily basis. That means that they're adults. Okay, that means that they're citizens. They're not a net drain in the system. They're not a net benefit to the system either, but they're, they're, they're treading water. Now, the real goal, of course, is to get them to be creating more value than they destroy. You know how you measure that, by the way? This is not a trick question. This is just a do you understand. If your bank balance is going up, you're creating more than you're destroying. <laughs> you know, if, if you have positive growth in your net wealth, that means you're creating more than you're destroying. If you have debt, you've... And if the debt's increasing, you destroy more than you create. Well, Andrew, there's all kinds of intangible factors other than just plain economic measures. I know. I'm not stupid. <laughs> yes. But that's literally how we measure the effect you're having on your community. If you, accumulate, if you serve enough people and they pay you, and then you decline to use those IOUs to take wealth out of the system, you accumulate wealth, you, you create savings... That's because you benefited the society more than you took from the society. That's what that means. And the goal of every parent is to get kids to be those people, to be net creators. All right? When immigrants come here and work and live poor, they're net creators. That's what you want. You want that. Typically, they're not net takers. Typically. Now, the kids are, or the sick are, or the elderly are. And I don't mean that we shouldn't take care of the sick or the kids or the elderly. I'm just saying, just economically. So the reason I want immigrants is because we need them. The, the, we had more people immigrate to this country last year than we had born. And we need people, okay? But we need to do it in an orderly, legal way, right, that avoids the problems. Anyway, so it's not just that. It's it's our whole structure. Um, and uh, Texas has now put in a law that will allow it to stop people who are, you know, not in the country with documented status from crossing into their borders. This is going to be a huge legal fight, obviously, in, in, in part because what they're saying is the federal government's not doing their job. This is, like, not coming from, from Mexico. This is, like, coming from Florida. Well, not Florida, but, you know, Louisiana or uh, New Mexico. Um, and so that's what they're saying is we need to be able to control our borders. And, uh, of course, some people do have an entitlement to be in the country, right? And so there's going to be some big legal fighting over this. So Lindsey Graham was also on on Sunday on Face the Nation, and he says, look, this is really simple. Here's the key, I think. We're asking the administration to use Title 42 type authority to tell people we're full. Mm -hmm. It takes four years to get your asylum claim heard. We have 1.7 million people who are ready to be deported, but they just won't deport them. We need to send some people out of the country to stop the inflow. But Title 42 authority in the hands of any administration willing to use it would stop this. When you come to our border, we say, I'm sorry, we're full. Exactly. We cannot take any more. Not right now. You got to wait. 300,000 in a month. 300,000 in a month. That's, you know, somebody texted me, I was having the same thought, is if we um, if we did this over the course of a year, that's 1% of the population in a year. Just from, I mean, 
this is an unprecedented level of in-migration from other countries. And again, just to be clear, I want to take as many as we can as long as we don't overburden the social safety net, as long as we don't make it impossible to do things like educate. But we have a massive labor shortage, okay? How many businesses are trying to hire people? You know, that that's true. It was true before the pandemic. It's, it's as true now as it's been for quite some time now. But he's right. This notion of come here and wait for four years while we process your claim of political persecution is insane. And that we can't get rid of the people who are scheduled for deportation already? 1.7 million are already scheduled for it? So he vows, look, if you elect Trump... When Trump gets to be president, if he does... If yeah. you're here illegally, you're going to be deported. There's going to be mass deportation under Donald Trump of people here in violation of the law who have received a final order of deportation. They're going to be going. Yeah, and with, appropriately. You know, unclog the asylum claims process. Process the ones we got and then unclog that. We can only take so many asylum seekers at a time. Send back the deportees. Protect from, you know, releasing criminals back into the wild of our civilization and allow Border Patrol to really do its job. I mean, there aren't great alternatives. Those are your alternatives. And so you start to wonder, I mean, I again, I really understand the sort of philosophical argument in favor of open borders. I do understand it. And the people who believe in that, though, they typically don't like to say it because it has such a negative taste. Um, what they would say if they were trying to articulate the viewpoint is, but you believe in open borders within the United States. You know, you don't believe Florida should be able to tell Georgia and Texas don't come here anymore or California and New York don't come here anymore. Although sometimes based on the voting, we might like to, um, you know, right. Why is that? Because free economies are free moving people, free moving products, goods, services, corporate headquarters. Freedom is the key to economic growth. Okay. And people are a major part of the economic system. They carry other things with them, though, right? You know, especially when it comes to criminal behavior, terrorism. But that's that's a small portion of the problem. That's not the real issue. That is a small portion of the problem. But we have to be honest about that, and that's part of the reason why we want to be able to control immigration, because though we want to import your productive people, we do not want to import your criminals and your terrorists, or anybody's criminals and terrorists. You know, that's net destroyers, right? Those are adult children. Or worse. So Lindsey Graham says this is not a normal, um, you know, this is not a normal number, but it's also not an extraordinary problem in other countries. There's always going to be political instability. There's always going to be political and economic uh, problems that people are going to want to seek asylum. And that's why we take asylum seekers. We don't take asylum seekers because they're productive. We take asylum seekers because the compassion. But the people who can come here and be productive, we take them because of economic value, right? For as long as we can... A, handle it, B, vet them, and C, assimilate them into American culture so that they really contribute. Because remember, immigrants historically have been one of the greatest sources of economic growth in the United States. And also, we don't talk about this enough, but one of the greatest sources of reminding Americans what the value of what we've got. Because immigrants are uniquely superior at taking advantage of a capitalist free market system and thriving in it. Better at it than indigenous kids for reasons that have always frustrated people who understand our system, but it's true. The immigrants come here and they, you know, they 
live on nothing and they live above the shop that they start and they do jobs and run shops that nobody else wants to run and then they thrive and they prosper and they save up. And by the third generation, you know, the wealthy kids who are going to Stanford are telling their uh, friends about how their parents came here two generations ago with nothing, right? That's the immigrant story over and over and over again. American kids, <laughs> you know, eh, let's just say we don't always do it as well as, the, as that, right? 437-1620, I'm Andrew McKay. Hey, Dave Ramsey here. For almost a decade, I've been telling you about my friends at Frontier Motors in Pensacola. The biggest reason is they help my listeners save thousands of dollars when purchasing a slightly used car over a brand new one. Consumer Reports says the average new car depreciates a whopping $9,200 in the first year alone. That's crazy. So if you're thinking new, don't. Go see Frontier Motors and see how much they can save you on a current year car with very low miles. And if your goal is to get out of debt, bring Frontier Motors your car and they can write you a check on the spot. Frontier Motors can also do consignments and they don't charge a fee or a commission. Frontier Motors have been helping the people in the Pensacola area for 21 years. They are the go-to dealer for free advice when it comes to buying or selling a car. Please go see my friends at Frontier Motors. And don't forget to tell them Dave Ramsey sent you. In the world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand these complications and have your back. Join us tomorrow, 10 o'clock, on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us tomorrow on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10 on News Radio 1620-923 FM. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before pep talk on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. I have a um, I have an inordinate affection for Rick Springfield's music. I <laughs> I can't I can't just say it's great. I can't argue with you if you want to criticize me for it. Um, but it is probably my 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 one big like just soft spot for great terrible eighties pop music is is Rick Springfield. It just is. I don't you know. There it is. I'm just, I'm just gonna lay it out there. Five fifty three here on News Radio ninety two three. Informative, local, dependable. David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David, well, California is now set to be the first state to offer health insurance for all illegal immigrants. Uh, there's more than two million uh, illegal immigrants in the state. Experts are estimating that providing health insurance for all of them could cost 
the state of California upwards of $3 billion per year. At least 48 people have died after those earthquakes in uh, western Japan yesterday. Thousands of buildings were damaged. Officials are warning that there could be more earthquakes coming. So far, there have already been uh, more than 100 aftershocks recorded. And, uh, well, there was a winner yesterday in that big $810 million Powerball drawing. One single jackpot. Was it you, David? It it was not. I'm here at work, right? I I just figured you'd come for the, you know, company. Now my retirement strategy has yet to pay (laughs) off, Andrew, surprisingly, right? I feel feel like it's a bit... A bit discouraging, though, about my view of you that the only thing standing between you and no showing us in the morning is a couple of billion dollars. Right. I know. it's it's It speaks volumes. Okay. All right. Go it on. Does. Go I'm on. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, uh, there was one winning ticket in Michigan that got the jackpot and then two winning tickets in Florida. So oh, uh, that right. got uh, like the million dollar prize or whatever. Did you see, wasn't there a, uh, was it 40 million went unclaimed recently? I always think I that's amazing that. Yeah. that these giant numbers and, but you got to figure the ticket got lost, mangled, washed, or it's in, you know, I mean, could also be true. It, it was in grandpa's box and grandpa's not with us. Right. You know, I mean, you know, things could happen, be. right? And nobody knows. So you tried There's, to hide it from the world by sticking it inside that book in the middle of your third shelf of your library and <laughs> bad things happen to you. And now guess what? There's got to be a lot of people who just the shove guy the th- ticket down in their center console, yeah. forget they ever bought it. Ah, yeah. I couldn't have won. Some guy in yeah. a Goodwill store four years from now is going to find that in the book and be uh, like, <gasps> and then it's not going to pay because it expired. Yeah. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. 555 here on News Radio 92.3. Um, oh, th- okay. I'm going to put this in the category of just like weird stuff you learn that. I, I learn a lot of weird stuff and then I just want to pass it on. David, I'm going to, uh, David, uh, Jake, I'm going to show you a picture. That's two. uh, Yeah, I know. Well, whatever. Uh, (laughs) You do better. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, so I just want you to look. These are Hong Kong skyscrapers. You see this giant rectangular hole in the middle of the skyscraper? You got a guess? You want to take a guess? Is it for wind? Nope. Good guess. Okay. Seriously, if you look, it's like there's, um, it's it's like six or seven stories tall. Mm Mm-hmm. There's like, think of a giant apartment complex that's maybe, I don't know, 20 stories, like a, you know, beach condos, but big ones, okay? And there's like a 100 by 100 foot window through the middle of the building. And you would think, well, maybe it's for extra sun for the interior. Maybe it's a premium or maybe it's like wind, like you said, or something like that. No, that's for the dragons. Oh, my goodness. I'm not kidding. I'm not, and I'm not criticizing either. It's, they're called dragon gates. Mm. They let the dragons pass from the hilltops where they sleep, go down to the water to hunt, and then return back to the hilltops for safety of the culture. Because if you didn't have openings in the buildings, the dragons are too dumb to fly around. Um, and that they fit through those holes. <laughs> I mean, I look, the story is, of course, preposterous from this, like, you can't walk all the logic all the way through of make, but... I think it's kind of a beautiful thing. I think it's kind of a, you know, hey, I, I don't know whether the folks actually believe that there are dragons going back and forth between their buildings every day or whether they know, no, that's just honoring our traditional culture and doing something. Mm. And you got to figure it's pretty expensive to put something like that in. Like, that's not cheap to build a, a building with a hole in the middle of it. Right. Over and over and over again. If you look at the skyline of Hong Kong, there are numerous buildings like this. Mm. But I think it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, also... I love a culture that's really committed to its culture. 
Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we're not all that committed <laughs> to the things we say we believe. Well, we don't have like really cool dragons flying around in our yeah, no, culture. No dragons Man, that's in America. Awesome. That's the problem. You know, go so to the dragon gates. We need to get that's a Trey to come movie. in here and help us and be like our, <laughs> our secretary of dragon keeping. Uh, <laughs> worst movie. I hate that movie. I really so much hate that movie. Anyway, uh, because I was dragged to it as an older teen to be the babysitter for a younger teen friend's kid or yeah. a uh, friend's brother. who had, So I got forced to watch that movie like when I was 15. Mm. Anyway, um, if you're thinking about buying a car, not that you were, but now that you are, uh, if you're thinking about buying that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to get good quality used cars. Dave Ramsey recommends them because it's you know fits his model of um, don't buy a new car, buy a car that's a year old. You know, and then you put a 200,000 miles on it. Drive it till, till the wheels run off. But it, the kind of car, that's because you avoid the depreciation. You get the maximum value out of a car that you know won't you don't have to worry about. That's the idea, and that's how I do it. I, I mean, I buy cars that are, you know, under 30,000 miles um, a year, maybe two, maybe three years old, which is what they specialize in, A-quality cars, and then I put a quarter of a million miles on them and let them run until they won't run anymore, and then you get another one just like that. Frontier Motors specializes in those kind of vehicles, plus good prices, plus good service, plus good, just all of it, you know, all around. Uh, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Oh, my God, we have so much stuff to cover. We, we have like a week's worth of material to cover, um, and even some more than that. But we'll, we'll get to all of it as we uh, work our way through here on the 2nd of January. Happy to New Year if you're back with us today after being Dependable off. Dependable traffic on the fives weekdays on News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.